E-commerce expansion myths blasted. Successful cross-border expansion help. Listen to the show to hear how one UK company is helping e-commerce sellers successfully expand into Europe and double their profits. Hosted by Andy Hooper of Global E-commerce Experts. Hi Tom, how are you doing? I'm very well, thanks Andy. Thanks for having me on. Great to be here. No problem. Uh, good afternoon, everybody. Good morning, wherever you are in the world. Uh, my name is Andy Hooper, and today's e-commerce expander secrets podcast brought to you live. Tom, did you know it was live? By the way, um, I I think I did see it. It was live, actually. Yeah, so I was even more excited. Yeah, I love it being live. It's much better. Well, much it is. Better. But there's also there's no margin for error, is there? Because we can't edit anything. So everything I say now, I'm going to get held to. <laughs> That's the idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly the whole idea. How can we hold people to account the whole way through? Uh, Anyway, uh, Wicked, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, For those that are listening for the first time, uh, this is part of our podcast series. Obviously, if you're watching this on Facebook or YouTube, it's clearly not in a podcast format, but uh, we will be regurgitating this. And if you're listening on the podcast, what you're missing is Tom's beautiful face, and my bad hair. Uh, apart from that, uh, you're not missing much else from the visuals, I'm afraid. So uh, actually it works perfectly as a podcast. And if you are watching, I apologize, you have to look at this. Anyway, <laughs> there we go. So this is part of our Expand the Secret series. Uh, and really what this is about is talking about industry professionals in the space of e-commerce, expanding sellers into Europe, and really focusing on you know, what they're doing currently, you know, what's working for them, you what they're seeing happen in the in the marketplaces, what they're seeing happen in the region to really give sellers a input into what they can be doing better today, what they need to be looking out for in the future and going from there. And obviously sharing great information, giving you value from other partners along the journey. So, Tom, on that basis, would you like to do a little introduction to a, a little bit about you, where you work and so on? Yeah, of course. So um, I'm sure a few people may have seen me uh, floating around on, on LinkedIn and things. I think our, our marketing team do a, a good job of that. Um, so yeah, my name's Tom. Um, I manage the partnership side here for Avast Accounting. Um, and we assist thousands of e-commerce sellers with their tax requirements and filing obligations when they're looking to expand their business globally. Um, so anyone from, you know, from well, really from the start of their journey right the way through to, you know, selling millions of pounds worth of of stock each year, uh, we'll be able to assist with with that expansion element. Um, So we have two main parts of the business. We have the accounting side, which is obviously for UK and US companies that need help with their bookkeeping and all that fun stuff. Uh, And then we have the other side, which is the indirect tax aspect. So all of the VAT, the sales tax, GST, wherever you are, wherever you're looking to expand, uh, we'll be able to take that administrative burden off you. Fantastic, nice. Well, look at that. So, um, a great asset to e-commerce is Avask. Uh, they're they're really really helping thousands of sellers to expand into Europe, which is which is amazing right now. So, Tom, let, let's just dial it back a couple of steps then. So, let, yep. let's talk about how you got into e-commerce. Um, so, so how did yeah? Where did that all begin for you? Yeah, so I've been in the, the space for about three years now. Um, I came across it because um, my my current boss obviously melanie and angelos who who own um of ask are uh well i met them at my my old job 
um and three years ago they said um do you fancy coming to uh, to get into the e-commerce space and and um seeing you know being part of this journey that we're on as a company um and my first thoughts was well tax i mean to, to be completely honest i was in sales before um very strict targets you know had to to do a certain amount of revenue each month if not i was i was out out of a job um and uh i had not even considered tax i'd not considered e-commerce but yeah the opportunity came up um i took it and uh haven't looked back since it's been an incredible journey um as i said about about three years on now um With that, Tom, before you go into that yeah where you when you say you know you were sort of doing stuff you know, they met you what was you selling i was selling houses Nice. Yeah, it was yeah. All, all, uh, all all housing, so residential sales at uh, um, a fairly a top estate agency in Winchester. Uh, the market share is very cutthroat sales, so very different from from this environment, which is obviously more of the advisory and and sort of planning, I suppose. Um, but yeah, yeah it was um, in, in Winchester in, in an estate agents. Do you do you? So you, know, I, I've done jobs where I sort of I'm very mobile. I'm out seeing people and doing things, and obviously estate agents is all right, yes, then I get there's a bit of phone bashing and everything else. Yeah. But there's also the opportunity of getting out, going around houses. Look, do you miss any of that? Are you are you, are you staple to a desk or? Well, I think um, I'm definitely not staple to a desk. I think I've got enough meetings to keep me going. Um, yeah. But in terms of, yeah, parts that I miss, as you say, you know, able to, to go out and about quite a lot. I found that because um, I'm, I've um, a fairly driven, motivated guy, and that whole sales aspect really fit, fits into my my character and, and my motivational aspect. So, I think from my side, I quickly found at, at that company that the longer I stayed on a chair with a phone in my hand, um, and the more calls I was able to make, was the more opportunity to you know to, to help more people to move and ultimately make money for the company and so on. So, um, actually, there wasn't a huge change in terms of going from an office job, which actually looks as if you're going out all the time, because I really wasn't. In fact, I was trying to avoid going out all the time. So, <laughs> slightly different to what maybe you may imagine. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Okay. All right. So, you've, you've then got this amazing opportunity, and you started at Avask. Um, so, you started there three years ago? Yeah, three years ago, uh, well, just 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 under so two two and three quarters. But who's counting? It seems like three years. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's fine. Uh, so you know you you've been there a while. And what's your, what's the main role that you started off doing and you've progressed into? I guess. Yeah, so um, I was uh, heading up the, the international business development team. Um, so dealing with any sort of initial consultancy required with um, any e-commerce seller that's looking to expand. So based all over the world and. And we had a, a very small team at that point that were doing the initial consultancy, which obviously is now a massive part of the business, is the advisory. Um, and really, over the past couple of years, it's been a case of, of growing, growing that sales team, doing a lot of training on e-commerce as a whole, and also sort of looking at the tax implications of expanding your business. You know, which is the, the best structures for sellers to adopt for dipping their toe in a new market. Um, and um, obviously, a, a massive part of that is has been getting people in different languages um, because we're dealing with over twenty languages internally. Um, so there's not many people that we can't talk to on a on a global scale, which is great. Um, and then very quickly, it's developed into more of a partnerships role for myself. Um, so dealing with uh, you know the likes of global e-commerce experts, which you know we, we do a, well, have a, a lot of uh, business with yourselves, just in terms of our clients using uh, you guys. Um, and um, yeah, dealing with those relationships and, and how we can 
you know, look at helping each other to, to gain more visibility in the market and to, to help our clients out, which is obviously a, a massive part on sort of the retention side for Avask. Yeah, I mean, go, just touching back on the, you know, like the 20 languages spoken, like that's vast, isn't it? Like, it's a, a vast. <laughs> like, it certainly is. That's like a lot of people running around talking different languages. Um, it's and, definitely a very diverse uh, office. So, I mean, you literally be opposite someone that speaks Italian. Behind you, you've got someone speaking German, French, Spanish. It's the, the full works, which is great. Do you speak any other languages? Uh, I speak uh, American, Irish, uh, English, and Scottish. That's about it. Okay, so so you haven't you haven't veered too far away from the common language of English, then? Is that no, no, basically, okay. I, I like to say I speak a bit of French, but as soon as I speak to someone that can speak French, they just laugh at me. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna count that one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I spent uh, two years in Spain, so therefore okay. I think I'm uh, absolutely fluent in Spanish. So you I'm can order a beer. <laughs> <laughs> but there we go um so that's just how it goes so you're at vask and in that period with a vask you know e-commerce has grown massively over the last few five years let alone three years two years one year you know what sort of changes have you seen at vask alone uh in that period i think for, from a tax point of view i think we've as a company gone through some some big milestones of growth um which has been absolutely brilliant to be a part of and, and to, to see um, I'd say that um, in terms of what's been instrumental to where we are today is um, a couple of the programs that we run with Amazon, like the Pan EU promotion, which I'm sure a lot of people that are watching are very familiar with, um, of which we took you know, thousands of e-commerce sellers and registered them in you know, UK, Germany, France, Italy, Spain, Poland, Czech Republic to make most of obviously the FBA fulfillment. So I think that was a, a massive uh, part of, of the growth that we've seen. I'd say that nowadays um, sellers are very keen to expand to the UK and, and EU still. But notice I say UK and EU instead of just the pan EU because with Brexit, there's you know a huge number of complications that have come into place. Um, it's when I say a huge number, I'd say if you don't know anything about how to expand into these markets, there is a lot to learn. But I think sellers that are used to you know, launching in new markets or have got a good understanding for Amazon and you know, general tax structures um, of just how VAT works, um, it's actually fairly straightforward. But certainly what am I seeing now? I'd say people are being um, still still very keen to expand, but they're definitely having to to really be careful on the numbers and to make sure that they're at the right time to be able to do it because there's no half-hearted expansion to the UK and EU anymore. You've got to be in it for the win. Um, but yeah, opportunity-wise, it's, it's definitely still worth expanding. Yeah, I mean, that, that the vast piece, as you say, yeah, that massive growth with the different programs that, have, that you've piggybacked off of, if that's the right word, um, has, has been amazing to see. You see your partners that are, that are flourishing like that. It, it's amazing. Um, it's absolutely great. And so we, we have asked then, you know, how much um, traveling, well, clearly not doing any traveling, much traveling at the moment. Right. Obviously, you've been to a lot of events in the past, haven't you? There's lots of events that you've been to. What sort of events you know, have you found have been the most enjoyable? Yeah, I mean, I, I love the US events that we go to. Um, I think um, for me, I, I love massive shows. Prosper is obviously a great one. Um, and we did the white label in, in Vegas and we did um, a few others. But for me, I always find that um, we, we did one called Empowery um, with Melissa Simonson, 
um, in LA. Um, and that was really, really great because there was like a, a couple of days and it was a lot of networking. We went for dinner together and, and actually it's, it's some of the, the partnerships that we that we are really close with now are, are those people that we met there, along with a, a great you know community um, of, of sellers as well. So I would say that massive events are great for, for new business and new opportunity. But in terms of connections and being you know, amongst other people who have a real e-commerce uh, e inter interest, I would say, is the smaller events like Empowery, ASGTG, um, Ed Rosenberg's event in Brooklyn is another really good one. Um, yeah. And um, Jaycon and things. I'm sure you can probably relate to that, can you, Andy? Yeah, I mean, there's, yeah, there's some great ones there. I mean, that the, the ASTG one uh, in Brooklyn, that's you know, that, that's an amazing little event. Um, that literally, that 1,500 sellers all in like, you know, very, very confined space, very, very quickly, one day in like, you know, you know massive amount of business done in those days. Um, and then you look like the Prosper, yeah, I quite like, I like you, know, I like the bigger events as well. You know, the ability, uh, Prosper going around the ASD show and walking around the marketplace. I, the first yeah. day I got there, I, don't know if I, I went around ASD I did forty-eight thousand steps in the in the first day, just walking up and down, like, Brilliant. and I was knackered. And, and it's two days. days. Is it three days or two days? Uh, so we did well. We did one day walking around there. That was like the setup. Then I yeah. went and set up Prosper, and yeah. then there was a few days at Prosper, and then whatever at the end. But yeah, 48, 48 or was it forty two thousand? Anyway, whatever That's way, it's a huge amount of steps. But what's what's funny is a lot, a lot of my my friends that um you know say oh, okay great you're going going to Vegas for this event they thought you know it was just a legs up you know fun trip away with with the company <laughs> going to gamble going to do all these fun things um and uh, I just remember finishing day one I think it was a white label and I was just absolutely shattered you must speak to probably 200, 250 people, um, yeah. not just talking about services, but sort of partnerships, you know, new opportunities to collaborate. Um, but it really is great. And I think the, the thing is, one of the main things I love about e-commerce, which I was so surprised at when I went to a lot of the events at Amazon in, in Shoreditch, which is the amount that e-commerce sellers love talking to each other about their experiences, you know, who they use for certain things, how they found certain markets, things to avoid. They love talking to each other, which is just great. Yeah, I love all that. All, all that stuff where you get that. I mean, in Vegas and places like that, I I mean, I've been to Vegas a few times now and I've never spent a, pe a, pe I was say a penny, a dollar on, on gambling. I'm just, just not my <laughs> back. Although I don't know about you, I, I, I promised myself the last year that I would go and do uh, the Grand Canyon. So that right. I'd go to Vegas, have a day spare and do the Grand Canyon. So I think we were due to go two or three times last year, probably like you guys, and it just yeah. happened. So this year I've still got a day planned on the end of like uh, white uh, label in yeah. August, September, isn't it? Um, September, anywhere, whenever that is. Um, and I'm like, I've got to go and do the Grand Canyon. Like that yeah. just would be epic, wouldn't it? But everyone's like, I want to get a Mustang, convertible Mustang, and just go out. Because that would be awesome, wouldn't it? It would um, be so good. Well, well, that's what we did. We went to um, to Melissa Simonson's apparel event. Um, I think it was like February time. We spent a couple of weeks there, which was just fantastic working and and you know with, with the guys in, in LA. Then went through to Hollywood, and then we were we were renting a cars with with Melanie and Angelos, and um, we were going down you know classic Route sixty six, something that I've always wanted to do with work was just you know a real real dream I'd say. 
and I was trying to persuade them to get a Mustang or, or, or to persuade them to get me a Mustang to drive behind them. Um, <laughs> because there was three of us with three suitcases, we had to get a practical car we gutted. <laughs> and you full focus or whatever it was. Yeah, it was a four by four Ford, I think. Yeah, but yeah. No, it really was incredible. And I think um, that the sellers that, that attend, you know, they're there as much for the, the um, you know, the networking as they are to meet new partners and, and uh, new service providers. But that really is a great experience. I really encourage anyone to, to try and get to more events as, as and when they open. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So leading into, you know, where we are at the moment, what people are currently seeing, let's split this into a couple of different pieces. But let's start off with, first of all, you know, what are you seeing from not new people coming in, people currently in the market, people, sellers that are already selling, they're already, you know, they're already an established seller in many ways. You know, what are you seeing that are you know, are opportunities for sellers right now? Where are you seeing the key things where people are going, oh, this is where I'm going to start diverting. These are the strategies that I'm implementing. Are you seeing yeah. anything like that coming up right now? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, there's, there's a number of ways of, of sort of looking at it. I'd say it's a, a, typically an established seller at the moment um, is depending on the planning that they've done, they're either really winning or they're really struggling, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, something you actually said a couple of months ago is those, those sellers that prepared, you know, pre-Brexit and, and had things in place have, have seen some, you know, monumental growth uh, over the past sort of four, five, six months because they were able to continue selling on, on both sides of the border. Um, I'd say that a lot of sellers in terms of strategy and, and looking at the the you know, the opportunity in both the UK and EU. I think a lot of people have started leaning towards a 3PL, uh, which I know is a, a service you guys provide in, in the Netherlands. And I think that's been absolutely huge to, to a lot of people's success um, because they're able to sell on additional marketplaces. So Amazon, you know, 99.9% of sellers that we speak to are Amazon FBA sellers. Uh, it's very rare that they're not. Um, but the ones that are, are then taking that next step into the likes of on-buy in the UK, real DE, whatever other market, and helping out, having a 3PL to, to actually um, push those sales through those marketplaces are really taking you know, a, a front seat in terms of the win uh, in their category and, and from a, a branding perspective, from a sales perspective. So I'd say that's definitely a movement that you know, six to eight months ago, I was seeing less sellers do that. And it was a very straightforward route into the UK. UK is the gateway to Europe. Fine, get into the Pan-EU program or under the European Fulfillment Network to sell into each country. And, and you know, that worked great. But I think since the start of the year, sellers have had to be much more savvy with the way that they approach Europe and the UK. Um, and I know that, you know, something that's been a blocker is, you know, the inventory limits as well. And the COVID restrictions, just generally speaking. So, yeah, it's been a really interesting time. But I'd say those that have been prepared have won or are winning, uh, and those that are looking to to invest in the opportunity while it's still there uh, or while it's growing is something that I'd really recommend a lot of people do. Yeah, I think actually that coming back to the opportunity right now, you know, there, you, I, I don't think there's ever been a better opportunity in Europe because what's happened is is the you know, the number of UK. Well, let me back up. People that have always expanded into Europe have actually found this process really easy because yeah. they're expanding into the UK or expanding into the Europe. It was the same thing. Like they just had to divert slightly. People are based in the UK or people are based in the Europe. They're the ones that have been like, I can't do it. It's just not like it's too difficult. And I'm like, 
we got thousands of sellers over there that are doing it no problem at all. Um, yeah. And everyone else is like, oh, no, it's too difficult. I've got to pull all my stock out of Europe. Um, it's, it's really straightforward. And I, as you say there, you know, the people that were up there on it and planned are the ones winning right now without any shadow of a doubt. But it doesn't mean to say that if you weren't planned and you haven't done it, again, as you just said, Tom, you, they, can't, they can't win still. You know, there's yeah. still massive opportunities there, isn't there? Definitely. Yeah, I think there's a, a number of things as well that a lot of sellers haven't taken into consideration. I think that because of the whole of Brexit and the disruption and shipping and everything that's, you know, has been a pain in the ass really for a lot of people, if it's yeah. fair to say. Um, it's also really important to highlight that COVID, the growth that we've seen is absolutely, you know, monumental. It's been absolutely incredible to see some sellers, you know, tripling or, you know, even more so on, on their on their sales. Um, but I would also say that from a tax point of view, a lot of well, the, the marketplace in the UK is now responsible for collecting and remitting taxes in the majority of cases, which means that that 20% VAT, which is obviously that, that sales tax element in the UK, is then collected and remitted by the OMP, so Amazon. Now, what a lot of sellers have seen is actually their, their other, um, you know, their, their competitors actually having to boost their products by 20%. Because obviously what Amazon are now collecting and remitting, they may not have been compliant. And now because of that, there is a huge opportunity for some sellers to scale whilst their competitors are having to find out a different solution where they haven't been VAT compliant from day one. Um, so that's been really that's a, great point. a lot of people. Yeah, that, that's a great point, isn't it? All of a sudden their sales have gone up to the cost of their products have gone up 20% because... Yeah. Everyone's now having to submit, which they should have been doing in the first place. Yeah, yeah. But, but but it's seen a, an increase in the cost price of in, in the retail price of the goods they're selling for. You know, straight away they've got a twenty percent increase plus a reduction of sellers plus an increase of buyers. Like yeah. that's a win-win-win, isn't it? It is, yeah. And I think um, there's there's been a lot of confusion around the indirect representation um, and you know whether it's required. And it's a real difficult question to answer. I mean, but we at Vask actually have a, a whole customs team, which we actually started right, you know, the start of this year, because sellers were really struggling to have the representation that they needed, and also to be able to actually do the clearances on both sides was also another issue. So we came out of the service, um, yeah, as I said, about five six months ago now, which has been hugely successful. We've managed to allow sellers to trade on both sides of the border for those that were really struggling. And we were able to take on part liability or responsibility for um, for, for those shipments um, being the indirect representative, which has been great. Um, but it is an additional cost to factor in. Um, I think a lot of sellers think it's just come out of nowhere, which in all fairness, it, it sort of has in terms of how you know much stricter each um, customs office are now taking it, especially in the likes of Germany. Um, but if you know, we talk about blockers, because there's less people doing it, there is also more opportunity. There's less competition. So you've got to take that step to actually expand, to actually maximise on the opportunity instead of thinking, no, that's, a, that's too much or it's an additional step that I hadn't thought about. I'm not sure it's going to work. I think those that are doing it are, are reaping the rewards massively. Yeah, definitely. I totally agree. There, I mean, there's a few things that have come up, isn't there, because of Brexit, you know, whether that being direct or whatever else it happens to be. There's a few things that have come up that have put those you know, thought processes in people's head. 
but finding solutions to those is absolutely critical for sellers right now. You know, we've still got people that are struggling to get stuff across the border, whether it be organic products or whatever. You know, some of those are a lot more difficult. We can solve it. Of course we can. But, you know, the, 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 the perception at the moment in the industry is that getting across the border is just too difficult. And there's a whole load of solutions that are becoming later on in the year as well that can be even better where we get free ports and things like that. So yeah. that's really, really exciting going forward. So so for a vast thing, you know, what's sort of the plan over the next few months? What's what's happening? What's on the roadmap? You know, is there is there events? Is there new new services coming out? You know, what what's what's on the roadmap at the moment for a vast? Yeah, lot, lots of stuff going on at the moment, as uh, as I'm sure you can relate to over at GEE. But um, yeah, I mean, always from a um, servicing point of view, we're always wanting to to provide as many services under sort of the tax umbrella as possible so that we really do provide a, a truly one-stop shop solution for our sellers. Um, so looking at um, sort of launching more services uh, in KSA, um, Singapore, uh, hopefully Mexico and Canada also on, on the roadmap. So hopefully over the next three to, to four months, we'll be able to um, to offer services for all of our clients in those territories or those countries. Um, so that's really, really exciting. Um, in terms of events, I think we've got about five or six events that we've locked in in already, which uh, are all in New York, um, ASGTG being one of them. Um, Prosper, White Label, um, a few others as well, which we're very much looking forward to attending. Be lovely to actually see. That, Tom. Do you, yeah. What do you think the likelihood is of us getting there? What's, what's your? What do you think? Uh, it's, it's a it's a typical question, isn't it? Is um. <laughs> I'd love, I'd love to think that we are going to be able to get there. Um, I think we're we're getting we're getting there. I think with um, with things, I think it's really hard to say because the UK are are doing really well in terms of where we are as a country, as a nation. Yeah. But outside of that, is a whole new ball game. But I'm hoping that we can go. Um, I'd love to. It pained me massively to think if we couldn't go, but luckily we do have a US office, um, so we do have people that are going to be attending regardless of, of whether we can. Yeah. What, what about you? What, what's your thoughts on it? Well, we yeah, I, I I'm a bit half and half. I don't know whether I mean we're booked in for you know I don't know half a dozen events, four or five. I can't remember, but certainly a handful uh, in you know the later end of the year from sort of August onwards. Yeah. And yeah, I, I just don't know. Like, I mean, I want to go. Don't get me wrong. I'm like, I want to go. I'm there. If I can get there, you, know, we're going. There's no doubt about that. But it's, you know, you don't know whether we're going to be allowed to go, whether we'll be allowed in, whether they'll accept us in, and whether we'll be able to get back, and whether they'll let us in when we get back. Yeah. Um, it's like a, it's like, it's just like a lottery, isn't it? Yeah. So it's just like, hey, well, let's just go and see what happens. We'll put our name down and. And go with it, like that's exactly exactly our thoughts as well. And then you've also got like a potential two week quarantine at, at the end of it as well. And you're just like, well, <laughs> what do we do? Well, but, yeah. Yeah, and you can't not do anything um, <laughs> because I think as soon as it opens up and people do start moving, everyone's going to be like, right, get me to an event. I need to go. Like, not because, yeah, live. people people need social interaction, don't they? Well, so I always say it's like, you know, with GE, with Avask or whatever company you're in, if you're offering some sort of service, you all have hundreds of people or smaller companies. At least you've got people in the office that you can talk to about what you're doing, what the services are, how your day's been. E-commerce sellers, I forget a lot. They're, they're normally entrepreneurs. They're one-man bands. So when they get a chance to go to an event and open themselves up to thousands of people like them, they just love it. <laughs> it's great. 
It's exactly it. You know, why, and, and, and give them the opportunity to go and listen to industry experts or whatever, um, especially for things like what we do, you know, expanding sellers into Europe. Actually, in theory, that can come across really complicated. Now, yeah. obviously, you and I know that we try and make that as simple and easy as possible for everyone we possibly can. But, you know, an email doesn't always do it justice. You know, it's you do want to have that conversation. Well, I've been thinking about expanding to Europe, but, you know, well, yeah, look, this is what you should do. Da, 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 da. And yeah. you don't always get that from an email, do you? Like, you want to be able to stand on that stage and say, all of you need to go and sell in Europe. Yeah. And here's why. Um, and you can't really do that as well online a virtual event and everything else it doesn't quite work as well it doesn't um, no i think um yeah you say that like, everyone needs to do this i think it's really interesting to think like how many sellers are stopping launching in the uk and eu just because of taxes or just because of brexit and it's it's just a, an interesting thought because it, as you say it's really not that difficult to do and you've done the hard bit which is launching maybe the us or wherever it may be so taking it that next step and the you know the potential of of actually selling in europe is absolutely huge um and it's just a case of well you know amazon fba fantastic i've got my warehousing solution or i use a 3pl drip feed amazon drip feed the other markets i, I get that it's a, an administrative burden on people but you've done you know, 60, 70% of the hard work to getting to where you are now. So take that additional step and sell to, what, another 700 or million more people. Yeah, I think that, yeah, I totally, I totally agree with that. You know, and actually, you know, service like yours, ours and everything else, where where essentially you can put all of it under one banner. Like, yeah. it just makes sense. You haven't got to deal with hundreds of suppliers. You can just deal with one or two. Like, you know, it depends on your strategy and what you want to do. You haven't got to think about, oh, I've got to speak to people in French, German, Italian. Yeah. No, no, you can just speak to us. And we'll sort you out and we'll get everything covered for you. Like yeah. the 3PL thing actually you mentioned earlier, you know, that actually we're seeing a lot of people, no one really, post-Brexit, before COVID, everyone just used to use FBA. But the problem is with all these problems shipping at the moment, actually getting ships into Europe is really difficult as well. So what we're seeing is people are starting to put buffer stock in places. So you have right. buffer stock so that when you, you we, I, in fact, I had one client say to me the other day, Andy, what we're going to do is we're going to put 500 units of every one of our SKUs in your warehouse and just leave it there. And I'm like, we're going to do that for you. He went, well, because I don't ever want to use it. I was like, okay. Really? It's like, but if I do need to use it, I know I've got an emergency stash with you that I can just switch straight to FBA or turn on seller fulfill problems straight away. Yeah. Like either one, doesn't matter, but it's there and done. And I think we've definitely seen a switch from, you know, FBA only to a, a more of a, a, a sort of multiple option. Um, I agree. Yeah. I think you've got a lot of sellers that are also struggling with cash flow. I think obviously that's always going to be a, a massive part to play in the e-commerce cycle is, you know, buying today and maybe four or five months further down the line actually getting paid so it's really important for sellers to to work that one out and i think that's why you know we talk about trends in the, in the industry we're seeing a lot more sellers um investing in you know or, or getting a capital advance from the likes of you know pioneer or other companies that offer it to be able to actually make sure that they have enough stock in place for things like prime day and for you know the the, the key seasons within within the year i think that's 
massive part of of growth that I've seen from from very successful sellers, especially they're looking to scale and sell, which is a whole other part of uh, e-commerce, which is is taking off. Yeah, I mean that that whole you know, buy sell buy sell type thing, buying and selling the Amazon businesses. I mean that's there's massive opportunity for that. You know, we're working with a partner at the moment that can help people sell for five x. Um, yeah. You know, none of this two or three x. Don't get shortchanged. You come to the big guns and get a proper exit. Don't don't yeah. bother, don't bother with a two or three times. Come and get a decent exit. Um, yeah, that's by the by. Um, so so yeah. So so what else is there? Anything else happening? You're like, well, Andy, this is happening. People need to be aware of this. These are sort of changes that are up and coming, coming into 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 the following six months, nine months time. Yeah, there's there's quite a few changes going on within the, the tax world. I think people are, are, are tired of change from from Brexit, but I think um, <laughs> things are sort of stepping in the right direction. So. Um, there's something called the one-stop shop, which is an extension of sort of the, the mini one-stop shop in the UK, um, which is basically where um, sellers, in some cases, won't actually need to file for VAT and uh, actually remit VAT uh, to every country. Now, for e-commerce sellers, it is a little bit different, unfortunately, because unless you're selling on your own website or you know other marketplaces, it may not apply in the same way. So. For I think it's it's fair to say most sellers watching watching this podcast, correct me if I'm wrong, and is is that they're going to be Amazon FBA sellers only, or the majority of which? Yeah, probably a lot of them will be FBA sellers. Ninety um, percent of you know our sort of audience, if you like, is Amazon FBA sellers, uh, Shopify. Um, but you know, let's talk about that piece first. Fine. So yeah, if you're just selling on on Amazon FBA, then OSS doesn't really affect you that much because you're still actually going to have stock held in these countries. You're still going to need to be VAT registered and you're still going to need to file that VAT return. Um, So that really, really doesn't change if you're just selling on the marketplace because also, sorry, Amazon are going to be the Dean supplier. So they're going to be actually collecting and remitting like they are in the UK for you. Now, if you're selling on things like Shopify or you know your own website, whatever it might be, then OSS will come into place and you'll then file one return through one country, um, which will be like your OSS return instead of a domestic return. And then the tax office will then be responsible for actually divvying out the VAT in accordance to where it's due. So there are some changes there. I'd really tempt you if you're unsure on your situation or you know how it's going to affect you to, to reach out to someone at Vask myself if, if needs be um, and we can then advise you on that but oss is only a good thing it's simplifying the way that european taxes are collected and remitted because actually you know the 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 one-stop shop actually could be awesome for sellers yeah um, it's just been poorly executed <laughs> uh in as yeah. far as you know you still got if you've still got a file in those countries if you've got stock there and everything else like, and i understand why but actually, there could have been an amazing opportunity to streamline that whole process to make that easy for people. Yeah. Um, I mean, for Shopify sellers, I totally get that. You know, here we're seeing a lot of sort of Shopify sellers that we're working with moving into the Netherlands. Uh, one-stop shop, Netherlands, fulfilled from the Netherlands. Like, it just works. Like, it's just a great opportunity and a place. One, it's a great place to fulfill from. And secondly, there's a whole load of benefits to being there as well. But one, bringing one-stop shop as well, and boom, that just works. But as you say, for Amazon sellers, it doesn't quite work, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly that. I think for, for Amazon sellers, not much changes. If it, well, really, nothing changes. Um, so, some people on on the phone 
you're like, well, great, I don't even need to register for VAT anymore. And unfortunately, that, that isn't the case. If you're still looking to store stock, which, of course, in terms of the model of how Amazon works, how FBA works, if you're going to really want to you know, capitalize and maximize your visibility online, then you're still going to want to have your stock as close to your buyers. Um, so you're still going to need to have VVAT registered in, in those countries. Yeah, I mean, that's a... And uh, um, there is there is a balance there. Is if you if you're not in all of those countries and you're you you know you don't want to be in all those countries, don't want to be VAT registered. You don't have to. But you know what sort of uplift do you see when people go from European Fulfillment Network? Bear in mind the UK is not on that anymore. For anyone listening, we're no longer part of that. But you know what sort of uplift do you still see people who've gone from the European Fulfillment Network onto Pan EU program? So perhaps explain those two very, very briefly for people and then you know, what you see as the uplift. Yeah, of course. So when you expand to, to Europe and, and, and as Andy just said, like the UK is now obviously no longer part of that before it was. So when you look at the European Fulfillment Network, otherwise known as EFN, um, you are able to, to send your products to one EU country. Um, let's take Germany, for example. You become VAT registered in Germany because you need to be VAT registered as soon as you store physical inventory in an EU country. So you register for German VAT, you send your products into to the German FBA center, and then the European Fulfillment Network is like a is under FBA, FBA umbrella, if you like, you've got EFN. So what that allows you to do is store your products in one country, but sell into others. Okay, so you could be on EFN, storing in Germany and selling to buyers in France on the Amazon.fr storefront. You could be selling to Spanish buyers, Italian buyers, Belgian buyers, all around Europe, um, and it would just be a cross-border sale. Okay. Now, the advantage of that is from a tax compliance point of view, you only need to be VAT registered in one country, okay, because that's where your stock's held. And then what you're able to do is sell into the other countries under the distant selling thresholds, which will, of course, change due to OSS. Um, but in terms of what those sales thresholds are, you know, you've got the likes of France, Italy and Spain all have a, an individual threshold of 35,000 euros. So if I'm a US seller or wherever I'm based looking to, to sell in Europe, I might send my stock to the UK, cater for the UK market, send my stock to Germany to cater for EU and then facilitate those other sales cross border from the German warehouse. Now, that's the benefit. The disadvantage is, one, your stock's not as close as it could be to the likes of your Spanish buyers, your French buyers, Italian, and so on. So you've got a, a further distance to travel. I'd say that then rolls into sort of the additional fees that Amazon will charge for FBA because you'll be, there'll be an additional cross-border transaction fee added to, to those sales. So will eat into your margins slightly. And of course, you won't be prime eligible in, in all of these countries. So um, although it's... There's, it's a great stepping stone. I would say any seller that's really serious about Europe and they really want to you know, maximise the opportunity, anyone's going to be sort of going for the Pan-EU programme. And the Pan-EU programme is where you send your stock again to one country. Amazon say, thank you very much. Let's work out where it's probably going to sell the best. So they'll use an algorithm to sort of determine where, where the, the stock will sell best. And they'll send the inventory out across their fulfillment centers in, in those countries in the likes of Germany, France, Italy, Spain, Poland, Czech Republic. Um, and uh, obviously, then that will facilitate the, the prime eligibility in these countries. Um, but unfortunately, then you need to register for VAT in, in each country, which when you look at a tax point of view, you then need to file the tax. And that's where we come in as a provider, because we'll calculate that tax for you and, and let you know what to pay and when. Um, and uh, that's really as, as straightforward as it is. 
Um, back to your question, Andy, on, on uplift, it really differs from seller to seller. Um, Amazon did a, a big survey right when the, the Panda U promotion was out, and they were saying that it's around a 30 to 40% increase. Um, I would say that's maybe a little, little heavy in some cases. In, in some cases, it, it can be light, but um, I think the saving on the cross-border transaction fees is also uh, a massive part to play in the Panda U. Um, and if you're trying to grow a brand and you're trying to um, pick up sales velocity in, in markets that are weaker than Germany and France, then it's the perfect way to do it. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, actually. You know, when you're looking at different marketplaces, you know, Spain and Italy and things like that as well, you know, there, there's a massive opportunity there, isn't there? We're trying to get into those different places. So, yeah, fantastic. Okay, so uh, give us a little bit about, uh, you know, as a, as sort of a closing piece now, sort of what, you know, what Avast does, how it can support sellers, and what it can really do to help people to accelerate their growth. Yeah, of course. So, um, of course, we're accounting and tax firm, which you may not think of uh, you know, immediately. They're like, oh, these are the perfect guys to help you expand. Similar to, to, to GE in some respects, you know, if you're thinking of expanding your business, whether it's in the UK and EU, the USA, Australia, the UAE, and so many other countries and, and territories that we cover, um, you know, feel free to get in contact. We, we provide free consultation for expansion advice on things to do with taxes, what the requirements are, things that you need to consider. Um, and we'll also be able to, to consult you on, on what that looks like from a costing point of view, margins, all those sorts of things is, is part of it. And then we have a great partner network, which, of course, GE is a big part of for the UK and EU. Um, we can connect you with the right partners because... As Andy said at the start, there is a checklist that you need to complete before you expand, as there is with anything in business. You need to plan that expansion uh, really well and, and, you know, important to do that from, from the outset. Um, but we'll be able to hopefully provide more of a one-stop shop solution from a tax and accounting point of view to let you expand from, from A to B. In terms of the services that we offer, uh, I've mentioned some of the countries we cover, but we're also able to just give general business advisory. We're able to look at incorporation accounting and bookkeeping, patents and trademarks, all those important aspects before you delve into a, to a new market. Um, and then the, the service that we provide um, is a very comprehensive um, handheld approach. Um, so we'll be able to um, deal with obviously all areas of business from um, you know smaller accounts right the way up to sort of your multi-million uh, dollar or, or pound accounts um, and uh, assist with, with the expansion. So um handheld approach uh, dealing with all of the, the tax piece so that that you guys can focus on what's more important which is the business growth as opposed to sort of the, the tax burden <laughs> so hopefully that sums it up at, uh, in a nutshell but um yeah free consultation so feel feel free to reach out to us fantastic yeah and if people do want to reach out tom how what's the best way of doing that uh probably best to, to reach out to expansion at avaskgroup.com um, so expansion at avaskgroup.com or tom.meek at avaskgroup.com. There we go. Look at that. Well, uh, thank you very much for your time. It's been amazing having you on. Um, so thank you very much for coming. It's been great having Avask as a partner. So thank you very much for everything you guys do to support us. Um, it's, it's great to have partners like you and uh, great people to work with and connect with. So thank you very much. Thanks uh, so much, Andy. Likewise, it's been great to come likewise. on. And uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll have many more in the future. Indeed. Let, let, let's do that. We're, we're planning one a quarter for all of our partners. So um, so we need to we'll come up with these sort of different things. We might have some different topics next time as well. Some, we might create some topics and we'll see where they end up. Who knows? 
Um, but there we go. So thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, for listening. You have been listening to the e-commerce expander secrets podcast. My name is Andy Hooper, but more importantly, Tom Meek from Avask was our guest. Thank you very much for Tom. Thank you very much to Avask. And we'll see you on the next episode very shortly. Thanks very much, everyone. Have a great day. Thanks, Thanks, Tom. Cheers. Cheers. Bye-bye.